All right. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. So thankful to have you all with us again on a Thursday morning here on the West Coast. Uh, we are here every week live at 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern. Um, as some of you have recognized, new format for the show. We uh, have always been an audio show. We're almost 250 episodes in on Sales Pipeline Radio. We are now doing this on LinkedIn Live so we can take advantage of the video capabilities so we can see the faces and people that we're talking to on a weekly basis. So if you're joining us live today on LinkedIn Live, thank you very much for making this a part of your, your work day. If you're watching this on demand, thanks for checking us out. If you're listening to this through the podcast feed, so thankful to have you joining us and listening to our episodes. And if you are brand new to Sales Pipeline Radio, there's over 240 episodes available for you all on demand, uh, all mostly still highly relevant over the last couple of years, still at salespipelineradio.com. We are featuring each week some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing. Today is absolutely no different. Very excited to have with us uh, Kaspera founder and CEO Subu Vempati, uh, who is joining us, as well as Judy Ash, who is a longtime CMO, a demand gen expert, and has been serving as a go-to-market advisor for the Kaspera team as well. Uh, Judy and, and uh, Subu, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Matt, I'm, I've been an avid follower for you. I feel honored that you know you chose to include me in your show. Uh, I'm really, really grateful. Oh well, it's it's a pleasure, and I'm really grateful myself that Judy introduced me to you and to the business and what you guys are doing, um, because it, the 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 idea of selecting your Martech stack and selecting the right sales and marketing tools is something that most marketers, if not all B two B marketers, are grappling with, and the problem is getting worse because there are more and more tools on a regular basis and. You know, I feel like, you know, if you go and talk to each of them, if you go to every tool's website or you see them in a trade, eventually we'll see them at trade shows again. But you go to their website and you hear from them. <laughs> Everybody individually has a great story. It sounds like a good, it sounds like a good opportunity, sort of a, interesting, but you can't buy 7,000 tools. So the idea of selecting which tools are important to you, which vendors are going to be best for your business and for your stack is a real challenge. Subu, talk a little bit about why you decided to go down the route of sort of creating a tool to help people make better technology decisions. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, so this actually, there is an emotional connect. I've been a business manager. And uh, you know, in those days, I would practice shadow IT. My CIO would not allow me to buy stuff, but I needed some way of fulfilling my functions. And then I would use, now it has become routine, courtesy cloud and SaaS more and more business managers are buying. And I know how tough it used to be in those days. And you brought up the point. There is so much more variety out there today to select from. It is simultaneously giving an opportunity in the sense that whatever you are looking for, there is possibility that high probability that something like that exists. Mm -hmm. But selecting is a problem. And there is also data available, a lot more data available about the solutions today than ever have been publicly. But trying to understand what the data means for me is a problem. Now, why is it personal? A business manager is perform, you know, if the software selection is wrong, his career is at stake. If he, the results are not produced, it's really personal. And another example of the thing is this availability of this thing and the complexity involved has created in the business world, haves and have nots. You know, so the previously the word is used a lot more about, uh, you know, in the economy sense about individuals, but in the businesses, it is creating 
this lot of businesses will struggle to survive if they don't catch up and if they don't succeed in taking advantage of the technology mm-hmm. and i think we is extremely critical for uh, that that chasm to be bridged so i'm emotionally very involved in this yeah no i love i love that answer and it certainly it's a, it's a it's created a lot of angst a lot of stress for a lot of marketers trying to make the right decisions trying to figure out who to listen to and judy you've been in that seat multiple times i mean i know you've been you've been a cmo you're about to announce where you're going next and sort of both in the work you've done as well as advising companies i have to imagine the angst of martech selections has come up a lot talk a little about what that feels like first person and what that problem really what really characterizes that problem Thanks. That's a great question. I, you know, as a former CMO and then someone who is just really passionate about go to market, we cannot deny that marketing and sales is technology driven post COVID world, a thousand percent more. Every marketer on the planet is experiencing this. And so if our MarTech stack and if our digital engagement isn't distinctive, we will lose sales pipeline because leads won't convert. So what Cuspera brings to this is a an ability to leverage the power of the MarTech stack peer network and reviews and comments and success stories um, brought together in a way that accelerates our ability as a business buyer and an evaluator to build out our MarTech stack. Whether we are a small scrappy startup putting in sort of base foundation technology, you know, what's the best tool for my size and scale, or one that is completely transforming, which was my last experience where we really literally had to rebuild the MarTech stack to get to a, you know, really truly an engine that drives demand gen. And the Cuspera tool, what I see in it is the power to leverage my peers in a really efficient way and their experience and their advocacy or their real life, you know, this didn't work so well kind of stuff Mm -hmm. that helps me as a business decision maker go faster. Um, And I think that's, that's, you know, if, if, uh, if Cuspera had been around when we were doing that, I think it would have been, we would have had a a faster track to it. So it's really been fun to uh, partner with uh, Subu to get, to get firsthand knowledge of it as he's put customers in place in the last year. Yeah, he said that we had a, a, a viewer on uh, LinkedIn Live just posted in the comments a, a link to the, one of the latest MarTech, uh, Scott Breaker's MarTech survey that shows like over 8,000 tools out there. Mm-hmm. And so the, volume, the, the diversity of tasks that these tools uh, attempt to accomplish is diversifying the number of companies within each of those categories and subcategories and sub, 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 subcategories. It's truly overwhelming. And the feature set is, you know, they're just very slices, hair slices, right? Really margin thin. And you can spend a lot of money on on things that aren't quite right for your business need. Um, And that's not what we want to do. It's really not what we want to do. So back in the day, you know, when we were trying to make technology decisions before we had a lot of, you know, the power of the web and the power of sort of the crowd online, you know, we had, we'd ask our buddies, like, what are you using and how do you like it? We'd ask analysts what they think and what and how they like it. And more recently, we've had sort of peer review sites like, you know, G2 and Trust Radius um, that are allowing people to get a little more insight into sort of what's available and what people think. Um, talk a little bit about how, 
um, how Kaspera is an evolution of that. Like what addition, what additional problem um, Subu does it solve in the marketplace? Yes, you answered that a minute ago. You actually planted the seed for the answer. You talked about the fact that categories, subcategories, and sub subcategories. If you think about it, there are 500 categories that are in marketing and sales that are being bandied about. So now, instead of understanding sales or marketing or what software, you are trying to understand what is the categories. Now, let's look at the top list in G2 and top list in Trust Radius or somewhere else. They're all different. They're not personalized in any way. So they are at best at industry level. And okay, no, but I don't want to buy a CRM. I am trying to actually do a better contact list management. Do I need to buy a CRM for that? And you know, so it is essentially as opposed to putting yourself in the business manager and business team needs, the categories are driving the decision making. And that in fact is, uh, there is nothing personalized about the selection involved in that. And every business problem is unique business need is unique, and so are the solutions with the richness that is out there. So what we thought is that it is important to create a matching algorithm here. The business needs, forget the categories, forget the top list, forget all of this, look at the functionality associated with the solutions, what is their differentiation, and then bring them together with the business needs which are very unique. So we understand the business needs through an engagement, and then match this based on the social proof that is available widely. Mm -hmm. It's, it, I love your answer, and I think it, it matches the way a lot of people think about solving problems, even if it isn't how they are typically traditionally able to buy. Someone comes to me as a consultant and someone says, hey, Matt, what's the best marketing automation platform on the market? Like, I can answer that question based on maturity and based on set of features and based on a lot of things and say, well, you know, pound for pound, it might be this one. But that answer might be wrong for 95% of people asking. And the better question isn't which is the best on the market, but what best serves your needs? Oh. I think about like salesforce.com, right? I mean, Judy, I don't know about you, but like, you know, for, whether it's salesforce.com or Microsoft Excel, critical tools for me, but I probably use a single digit percent of their functionality. I don't care about the other pieces as long as those I'm using are indispensable. And so sure. knowing that in your market, what problem do I need to solve? And who else is solving it where seems to be a critical way of cutting through all the noise and getting to what you really need. Right, right. And, and layer, layer over that, the number of social proof sites that are available right now for MarTech, right? Mm -hmm. There are many of them. Um, and, you know, if I have to take the time to look not only at the number of solutions for the business problem I have, what I'm trying to do, I'm probably thinking about it from a perspective of a pure function. I need to have functional email. I need to have ABM tools. I need to have contact database reliability and quality, right? Each one of those categories probably breaks down in three or four. But then if I try to go find uh, through Captera, Trust Radius, G2, uh, LinkedIn too, right? Mm -hmm. DPMG, any of those groups all have a different opinion. And it is very hard for me as an individual or my team to consolidate all that information and put it in a way where I can see the good, the bad, the concerning <laughs> to help me make a decision, right? And and that is, I think, the power of Kuspera. That yeah. That's what gets me super excited about it. 
Yeah. I mean, this isn't like something you can just trial, you know, for a period of time. I and mean, when you're going to make a tool selection, you really are making an investment and need to know that that tool is going to work. You need to know that it's going to match uh, what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Absolutely. Right. It is based on the functions and based on facts, social proof, which it could be peer groups or it could be an expert opinion like yours, bringing them all together in the context of the problem and whether it could be an industry segment vertical or it could be geography or something else, plus functionality that the business manager is trying to address. Right. In one report, in a tangible, yeah. deliverable. Absolutely. Wow. Secret sauce is that it's, it's a compendium and put together in one report that I, as a business partner, business user, uh, can send to people who are a part of my team mm -hmm. to get the same you know, information-based, some fact, some customer story, some provided by the vendor, some provided by review sites, but in a consolidated fashion that saves me a lot of time. So let me ask a contextual contextual question around this. So we're talking today, those of you just joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio, very excited to have with us uh, the founder and CEO of Caspera, Subu Venpati. We've also got Judy Ash, who's many of you may have known uh, from some of her past CMO roles. She's been a go-to-market advisor in this category. So I think about, and I want to bring up a specific scenario where I think this can be really useful, right? Is I think some people are like, hey, which marketing automation tool should I buy and why? Increasingly, I'm hearing people ask the question, do I need a marketing automation platform, mm -hmm. right? Which to me goes to a deeper level of not just saying which tool in this category do I select, but what are even the right categories of tools that fit the way that I think I need to go to market, right? Mm -hmm. And so this, it begs the question of these deeper, what problem am I trying to solve? What are the outcomes I'm trying to achieve that going to a ranking of certain tools is not going to be sufficient? So we talk a little bit about that use case of trying to understand beyond just the tech selection, like what capabilities do I need and how peer feedback can really help with that. Oh, perfect. It's a brilliant question for me. Uh, you know, so it speaks to the fact that, but it, let, let me repeat one thing about what you said. The tech selection is the last step. And there is a few steps that come before that. Mm -hmm. And that is about understanding the problem. Typically, when I begin with staying, stating something, I talk to you about what is top of my mind. I don't specify everything. And if I can, so you say that, so no, no, tell me a little more about it, then I will start bringing it. And or if you ask me a clarifying question, I will say, yes, that's true or not true. So getting the problem right is the first step in creating a match for the solution. So with the, our AI engine, artificial in, intelligence engine, what it does is it is able to engage using all of the social proof it knows that, hey, you are in banking, you are trying to solve this problem. People like you who are with the identical context have also solved along with this something else. It's like, you know, in Amazon.com, you know, so you go and say, I bought this, people who bought this also bought this. If I tell you that you are because you are a good business manager, you can instantly make a decision whether it is part of the requirement or not. So your problem definition to begin with, using the peer group data and expert advice, people are saying this is where the world is headed. Then you are essentially making a reasoned problem definition. Mm -hmm. At that point of time, then create once you know what the problem is, finding an answer is actually up, up done already. 
So that is again the power of AI. Yep. Um, the other challenge, I think, and this is why I think having this sort of like really detailed peer review insight is, you know, someone brought up the question of knowing, okay, what problem am I trying to solve? What tool is best supported for that problem? Which of these tools am I going to be most successful at? digesting is the word someone used in the comments right like in terms of integrating rolling it out and using it um part of the reason why i might not recommend the best marketing automation platform to some people is like it you got to have people to run it you have to have people that are certified on it to run it um you know if you're if you say wow tableau is a really great reporting tool well if you don't have tableau certified people on staff it's going to be a challenge so some people may not know that going in I've seen many people buy platforms that have lots of bells and whistles and not realize until after they sign a contract what the cost of maintenance and the cost of execution is going to be. Um, and that certainly goes into the ROI case, like, you know, saying, OK, which of these tools is going to give me ROI? How do I measure that ROI and what's it going to cost beyond the tool to get that ROI? Those are insights that, you know, in terms of the problem you're solving, I think, are also inherent in understanding how others in your in your position have used and benefited from a tool. Perfect. So I would add to this. I talked about how we understand the business problem. In the same way, the, about the software solutions, what we are doing is we are not first under, we are ignoring their category, and we are also not looking at the software as a monolithic solution. It has layers of components, layers of functionality, and we try to understand each one of them as a use case and how it is deployed and what is the result outcome and in what context, right? So because of that, our view of understanding of the solution is very fine grained. On top of that, then what we start thinking about is saying that, okay, if this is the context and this is in which it has succeeded, then, you know, so now this business manager is asking, how can I then match this? So it is what is important for me is that the fine grade understanding of the solution is important. Whole product around that, you brought up another part around saying that, hey, what do you have people to run the solution? Mm -hmm. You know, are we going to be able to integrate? It's, they are not part of the product, but they are the whole product. If you don't think of support dimension, if you don't think of training availability, any one of the things, yeah. then when you buy the software, you run into problem. Maybe it doesn't integrate. Maybe you can't export the data in and out. You run into problem. So our thinking is that we need to think of this from a deployment perspective, not just about functionality, and then say, okay, in one case, functionality will tell you whether it's a match, and then we'll tell you, ah, oh, this one, you should consider these aspects when you are deploying this solution. Mm -hmm. This support is very, very good. This is not good. One of, the, one of the things I find is really useful when I'm trying to evaluate any kind of solution is not only seeing what, how something has benefited someone, but also seeing what challenges people have faced along the way. You know, if I, mm -hmm. if I see 100% five-star reviews, I'm very dubious whether those are accurate because no one has 100% five-star reviews. And so knowing, maybe not necessarily like, hey, here's why, I don't, here's why I don't like this product. Here's what I wish I would have done differently. But even some cautionary tales. Like, hey, if you're going to invest in this, here's what you need to know, right? If you're going to use this, if you don't have this tool to couple with it, it's going to be a lot harder to implement. Talk about like how you incorporate sort of negative input as well as positive input to give people a good, well-rounded perspective on what's going on and what they should consider. Absolutely. If you don't do that, uh, the selection will be flawed by definition because you are not aware of the pitfalls associated mm -hmm. with it. So we actually talk about different kinds of warnings associated with the product. 
go beyond you know such sentiment and say that hey it has created a problem summarize the problem and it is integration is a challenge with this product right our data export is a problem you get locked in right yeah, no, I think it's super important. So for people that are interested in this discussion, obviously we can send them to Caspera.com. What, what, what can people expect when they come to the website? What, what should they expect to experience and what kind of output can they get to help them make this decision? Oh, it's, it's, first, we designed this to be the business managers, if they have to find an analyst to use this solution, it is then meaningless. So it has to be self-service and easy. Okay, that's part one. To whatever we produce output, it has to be unbiased, credible. You should be able to explain why did I say something is 4.5? Not 4.5 because I think so, but because these are all the data points I've used to arrive at that conclusion. Okay. Three, it needs to be something that you know explainable. Can I trace all the things, whatever I have referenced to and said to the original source? And we essentially it's self-service and it produces a report, which is an online report that you can share with your team, discuss it, and then come back and modify the stuff and then you know evolve it to the point wherever that you like. Mm-hmm. It is no registration required. I love that. Um, Judy, just as we have to wrap up here in the next couple of minutes, um, I mean, as in a year, sounds like you've got um, some news of where you're headed next. And I assume where you're going is going to require sort of building, modifying, improving a tech stack. Talk a little bit about how a system like this is going to make your job a lot easier and your team's job a lot more likely to be successful. Yeah. So my next adventure, I'll be heading up growth and digital for an asynchronous video company, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, and we are building from scratch. Mm-hmm. So uh, everything from the marketing automation platform to the ABM platform to uh, you know building out new campaigns, driving pipeline, all of it. And so this Cuspera um, is going to be a really nice tool for me and my team to use just to determine how we assemble the technology. Um, and uh, you know, then you know, deploy, and then it's always iterative too. The thing I find is you go five steps forward, implement, test, see how things drive, and then add the next thing. It's not a one and done ever because right. technology just evolves. So I am I am excited not only about my next adventure, but about you know applying what Subu's team has done to help make it easier because we have to go fast we have to go faster than i have probably well i'm not going to say that but we have to go fast <laughs> yeah well and that's an interesting variable on this too right is that i think if you w- without adequate information knowing you need to make the right decision up front that there is no trial there is i mean take backs are really painful it takes a little longer to make the right decision and with right some of these inputs and as travis mentioned here in the comments like having a site that's willing to give the negative reviews and give both sides of the equation so you can go sort of like eyes wide open into a decision you can do it more quickly you can do it more quickly with confidence and a likelihood that it's going to be successful um so we will absolutely put uh, links to to, to caspera in the show notes for this thank you both so much for being part of this subu judy thank you so much for your time yeah thank you for having us always and uh i'll be back that sounds good well thank everyone for watching and listening on behalf of our guests today my name is matt Hines. thanks for joining us on another episode of sales pipeline radio we'll see you next week thank you bye-bye